I've never met a growing Christian who is not actively connected to a local church. Let's talk about that today on this episode of Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. Uh, this is co-hosted by myself, Lynn Pryor, and Chris Johnson. So, Chris, it's good to be back with you uh, doing another podcast. Hey, man, good to see you, and looking forward to having that conversation about the statement that you just made. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating conversation we're going to have today about the local church. And joining us, joining Chris and I, is Brandon Hiltabidel. Brandon is the Director of Adult Ministry at Lifeway. So, Brandon, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Yes, I'm excited to be here. I'm also excited about this discussion. If I remember correctly, this passage is the second passage I ever preached on oh, when wow. I was, I think I was 19 years old. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys today. <laughs> I, I would say things have changed a bit since uh, <laughs> when you were 19 and today. For sure. Is that I, accurate? I now, had uh, a, certainly a different hair, hairstyle among many, many other things. <laughs> Yeah, but Chris, nice. let's, let's just put this on the table. 19 was a lot closer to where Brandon is now than it was for you and I. Okay? Yeah, I don't even remember 19. Hey, I also want to say that sermon was, it was my first, for whatever reason, I picked this passage for my first weekend as a student pastor at 19, and there were four students there. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I preached this, and I went for it. I preached it to four students. Well, that's I think my first sermon was like (laughs) 11 minutes long. (laughs) So, Well, you got me beat. Mine was, I still remember, it was six whole minutes. Wow. And it was supposed to be 30, but uh, I've got. (laughs) That could catch on. Six minute sermons that could catch on, and and when we practiced it, it was that it was it was thirty minutes long. It just little nerves. Right. So we are talking about spiritual disciplines today, and uh, Jim Wilson is the writer for this study for us. And Jim, in the very first very first uh, session, gave us a definition of spiritual disciplines. I think it's really good, and I want to read that uh, just to frame up our conversation about spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are those small things that Christians intentionally do to open themselves to God's work of conforming them to the image of Christ. So today we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of being sure that we're connected to the body of Christ, which gets back to your original statement, Lynn. Yes, and I, mean, I just, uh, Brandon, you talked about this was your first sermon you preached. Uh, we're in 1 Corinthians 12, but just two weeks ago, this is the passage I preached, and that was not connected to Bible Studies for Life at the time I did it, but where I am as an interim pastor, it was a key thing to talk about, the body of Christ. And I made that statement to them that we've, I've never met a growing Christian who was not actively connected to a local church. And, and I, I think that's true. You know, we can say, I don't have to go to church to worship God. Uh, that's true. I don't have to go to church in order to read my Bible, to pray, to sing. That's theoretically true, but none of us do it. I mean, I've never seen someone doing all that that was not also drawn to being with other believers. But we're not talking about just connecting, just going to church. Uh, Chris, to capture that uh, definition you shared from Jim Wilson, there's an intentionality uh, in getting deeply involved in it. So it's the idea that our spiritual growth calls for a regular interaction with other believers and ministry to other believers. You know, there is an undercurrent in uh, circles today where people say, uh, 
Jesus is great. I love Jesus. He's wonderful, but I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Yeah. And um, that just doesn't work uh, from a biblical perspective or from what you've just stated. Uh, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is uh, God's idea for how we connect with others and work together to carry out uh, his, his purposes. So um, I, I think that this is a timely message uh, for, for people in our groups who will be talking about this this week. Yeah, and Brandon, I think you would agree. You know, when we come to Jesus, it is an individual decision. I come to Jesus. But you don't come to Jesus without also coming to his body. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to be alarmist, but when you say it doesn't work for someone to try to be a Christian and not be a part of the body, like it doesn't work. Like it's death. It is the, the Bible used death language about about. Christians who try to live in isolation and try to function as in a relationship with Jesus without a relationship with the church. Um, it to, to not be walking with the body is essentially to be walking away from, from Christ. Um, and I've had, I've had more than one friend, unfortunately, who has, who has uh, walked away from the church entirely and, and no longer claims Christ. And it was because they stopped living in, in connect in connection initially to the church. And after a while, you don't need Jesus anymore either. Sure. If you're exactly. not, if you're not experiencing the life of his body. That's, so yeah, I think this is a really uh, essential issue. That's a great cautionary statement that you've made and one that our, our listeners need to be aware of and to process um, as we do this uh, podcast. And, and uh, let's admit, it's, it's hard because sometimes our church families can be, well, they can be annoying. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they, can be, they can frustrate us. And so there are those times we go, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and so now, of course, what some people do is they just change churches. They're going somewhere else. It's gonna, if it's going to help them grow, great. But a lot of people, they just think, I'm through, I'm through this, and they're walking away. And Brandon, you're so right. You're not just walking away from a group of Christians. You're not just waiting for the body. You're also, in a sense, walking away from the head. Right. So let's so, get in. Go ahead, Chris. Well, you know, I was uh, – Brian in his um, – Brian Gass, uh, the continental – for Bible studies for life, the adult version, uh, use this question: When has as a kind of a softball to get people talking? Uh, when is being a being? When has been? When has being a part of a group helped you succeed? So it's kind of a softball way to talk about positive experiences that we've had with groups. It could be church, it could be a sports team, it could be work, but it, it gives an open door, uh, easy opportunity for people to talk about how being a part of a group has been helpful for them. Sure. And then we just transition right from that into talking about the group uh, as the body, the body of Christ. And so what we do, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12 to, to jump into that. And let me just read verses 12 and 13 for a moment, and then I want you guys to respond to it. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Yeah, the, I think we, we made this distinction in the personal study guide itself, but the uh, walking the line between uh, unity and uniformity is the first thing that jumped out to me here because uh, people do 
feel the pressure that we've talked about initially to fit rightly into the church or I don't belong here or I don't like this or I'm going to go somewhere else or I don't want to be a part of anything. And I think this verse, the, the first verse I would highlight, verse 13, uh, helps you live in that tension between pursuing unity uh, but also not expecting uniformity and actually growing to appreciate the differences uh, that occur within the body of Christ. And I think it would be okay to extrapolate that to appreciate the difference, the differences occur between bodies of Christ uh, as, as one local church relates to another local church. But so I think this verse is, is clearly leading us to pursue unity uh, in our church um, to, to, to pursue the things that, uh, and we're going to get to this further along in the text, but to pursue the things that lead to honor, to pursue the things that lead to uh, treating one another with greater respect. Um, a, a phrase that we've used at my church for years is uh, fill in the gaps with trust. And I think that that's wow. something that jumped to, jump, jump to the mind here, where there is a problem, where there is a tension, where there is just a question like, is that person being a jerk to me? Or did that person really mean what I thought they meant or on and on and on. You have the opportunity to fill in the gap either with dissension or uh, filling sure. it in with malicious intent or, or you, uh, you know, ascribe to them uh, motives that maybe they didn't have, or you can fill in the gap with trust. Like when you have the chance to fill in the gap, when you don't have all the information, fill in the gap with trust, that's just a way that you can pursue unity in the church. Um, and that's uh I think that's a real easy takeaway that, that we can get from that. So, I, I, man, I love that. I think that is so true. I think um, what happens in the body of Christ is that so few people do that as a natural part of their lives in their relationships, yeah. that where they fill in the gap with trust or, or okay, I, I know this person. I know they love me um, or, and I love them and I expect the best of them. If, if, if we come out of that perspective from a home life, family life, yeah. it, it, it's really natural in the church, but I don't think it happens at home. So it doesn't happen naturally at church either. So yeah. I'm glad you all are intentional about saying, let's just expect the best out of each other. Let's trust that, uh, uh, our intentions are good, uh, that, that this is all motivated by love. I think uh, it's almost unnatural at this point. Like sure. at, on Twitter, you fill in the gaps with anger or you fill in the gaps with vitriol or whatever it might be. Um, but I think the church is obviously called to a different standard and to a different life together. And we have a chance to fill in, fill in gaps with grace and love and, and yet yeah, trust. That's awesome. And I think our diversity uh, is one thing that, that can contribute to that misunderstanding because, you know, our personalities are different. Not just our spiritual gifting, but our personalities and all that are different. So we fill the gap with trust with the assumption we're going down the same road. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the conversation about that, that Brandon started this with, with the with differentiated between unity and uniformity, I, I think that it will catch some people by surprise that they are very different. Right. And I think that there, you have the opportunity to create some really interesting conversations to um, distinguish between the two. Sure. I, and I, I think a church can help and maybe even in a, at the group level can help in deciding and kind of de defining what unity looks like in this body and what uh, diversity looks like in this body. Um, you know, I've heard of churches using uh, theological tiers uh, or just uh, 
doctrinal tiers or whatever it may be where they where they literally outline you know on tier one issues it's better for us to be apart than to be together oh, and right. we're going to be right on this or tier two uh the language might be uh it's better if, for us to be in agreement or in unity but it could be uncomfortable uh i don't know maybe it's baptism or uh, that's probably more of a tier three which is it's better to be together and it shouldn't even be uncomfortable but like you can ha actually help your people know we're going to be unified on this and it, and it may be a little uncomfortable, but, but this is something where unity trumps, uh, accuracy That's on good. the, on the, on the side of, um, of uniformity, this, this verse, it clearly calls us to, uh, to appreciate diversity in the church because it says we don't become uniform. We don't become exactly alike. And, uh, I, that was, that's a, a admonition to me of, of, you know, Brandon, you're not always going to enjoy all different types of church ministry um, even in, in your own church or in the churches that you see down the road. But can you trust that God uses things you don't enjoy and just be and be thankful for the fruit? You know, like if I, I'd say in your local local body, don't expect to be everything to be exactly the way you want it. Can you look for the fruit, though, and enjoy things that might be a little different than you, but God's still using them? Right. So that's interesting. The, you know, the homogeneous uh, principle of of groups big word big word tell us what that means <laughs> i don't know I, it's just a word that i saw somewhere and i thought i'd throw it out <laughs> uh, yeah, come on i know better homogeneous <laughs> no, no, unit principle tell yeah, us about that just it's the idea that we we tend to be attracted to and we tend to to be with people who are like us yeah sure and so whether we we whether we like it or not that's most if you look around at our churches uh, most churches, that principle is at play. There is something besides being a Christian, uh, where we're we're all the same age or we're the same economic level. We live in the same area. We have some of the same values beyond beliefs uh, in the Bible, but other things. So, um, and that lends itself to that uniformity. Yeah. Uh, dynamic as opposed to the diversity and the how to how to find unity in the midst of our differences. I heard a pastor say about this one time that you are the average of your five closest friends. Um, I, 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 I'm assuming that was a stat from somewhere, but if you look like from an economic standpoint, you're the average of your five closest friends. You're going to have people with more money than you, less than money, but you're going to be in that range. In the middle, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that if you look around the people in your life, you're going to find that you've, you've done that. You've kind of planted yourself in the middle of just about every category. And I, yeah, I think you're right that we can see that in the church. Yeah. And I think even in our Bible study groups that we're going to be leading this next week, uh, we see that too. And it, it, there's a helpful side of that, especially in groups where we're in the same life stage we're dealing with the same things and it, it kind of can help our discussion yet i've also feel like there's times when i've been in a very diverse group the discussion the things that we talk about as we unpack a verse I'm like wow i had never thought about it the way he said that so there's strength in that diversity and i do contend that the more diverse the, the church is the more it can scream unity to see, look at this group. They're white collar, they're blue collar, they're Republican, they're Democrat, they're, they're, they're this, they're that, they're, they're white, they're black, they're Hispanic, and they're all together. And they say, there's only one reason for that, and it's because Christ makes us one. Yeah, the healthiest churches I've been a part of have been a group of believers who've, uh, they're, they're 
there's a sprinkling of people who are from the area, but then there's some people who have moved in from different parts of the of the nation or state or world uh, who are a part of that church. So they bring the, that uniqueness to them. Uh, they have had people from different faith traditions become a part of their church. So it uh, it just creates a, a, a need to be open and um, but then there, then there's that that dynamic of the church becoming uh, that central relationship connection, the church becoming a family because we we all come from um, different parts of the world, and now this this, this group of people are, are are the people who are who are closest to me. Uh, so I, I just really think that there's a lot of. Uh, God does some interesting things from a unity perspective that it makes us healthy when we have that ele- those elements of diversity and differences in our churches. Right. So let's bring this back then, Chris, to this uh, the whole concept here of uh, the body, the body of Christ. And uh, as Paul gets into 1 Corinthians 12, as we go further, he really runs uh, kind of with some humorous ways of this concept of the body. Uh, and you think about our own bodies that how diverse our body is in, in the different organs and parts, yet you know, our bodies do not reject those other parts. It recognizes they're a com- they, they share that common DNA. They share that together. Yet when something foreign enters your body, whether it's a virus, a bacteria, something like that, the body immediately recognizes this ain't us. But it doesn't do that to itself because we have that common unity. But he does. Let's go back to this idea of the body, uh, that we are unity. You're unified in Christ, but we're diverse. Uh, let me just skip down. I'm just going to read verse uh, 18 here, where it says, God has arranged each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. That's really cool uh, that he has, he has made our physical bodies to how they function, but he has also made the body of Christ where he has included all of the parts and how they come together to work together, to function as one. Um, I, I, I talk about this every time that I, I'm involved in conversations at Lifeway about unity. And one of the things that I've discovered uh, is that unity is so rare in the church that you, when you when you have it, when you find it, you 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 love it, and you you do everything that you can to protect that unity, uh, and and see to it that nothing takes that unity away. And um, uh, I I think that that's God's intention for us is that we we understand the significance uh, of being unique and different, but. Uh, being one body functioning together as as a as a unit going in the same direction. Are you, are you guys musicians? Retired. Guys retired. Retire, retired musician. I like music. Okay, there you go, Chris. All right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to me, a music is is a great analogy that goes along with this. Um, and the idea that you 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 take a symphony orchestra or a band, you don't all play the same part. Uh, the beauty comes as we all play our diverse roles or different, uh, you know, and if it's just a singing group that you have harmonies and we're all, the unity comes and we're all doing the same song, but we're all doing unique parts that really add to it. Uh, and I think that's when I think about the body, I think of music as well. That's cool. I got another illustration that I, that I wanted to share. Um, 
so you read the verse, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. One verse earlier, verse 17 says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And I think this connects us more to that second half of our point there where we minister to other believers. Um, and we do it in a way in which we are designed. This is a, this is a, this is a uh, issue that often leads to people not serving in the church or not ministering to other believers, or it leads to disunity because people are not ministering uh, in a way that fits them. Um, and so I've used this illustration. I, this is not for everybody, but I want to put it out on the table in case uh, somebody listening wants to take <laughs> <Okay>. an object <laughs> lesson into their, into their uh, uh, class uh, next time. So I did do this uh, when I was 19 uh, for four students, but I also did it for <laughs> couple of thousand adults when I was uh, probably 30. So it can work for adults well. Um, so I call it the circular saw and the butter knife. And uh, it, so what you're going to do is you're going to get a circular saw and you're going to get a butter knife and you're going to get a board and you're going to get some bread and butter. You're going to take the, the butter knife <laughs> and you're going to try to cut the board with the butter knife and, and it's going to fail because it's not how the Lord designed it to be. It's, it's an eye functioning as an ear. And then it's going to beautifully spread butter onto the bread. And then you're going to reverse it and you're going to have the circular saw cut through the board like butter. It's going to go straight through it, fulfilling its purpose and functioning well within the body as it was designed. Then you get to finish off by taking the circular saw and trying to spread butter onto the bread. And it's going <laughs> to absolutely destroy the bread, which is often what happens when we try to serve the body outside of our design. We actually lead to pain, not fruitfulness. Um, so just throwing that out there, the circular saw and the butter knife, if somebody wants to take it up a notch uh, in, their, in their class this weekend. You came up with that when you were 19? Yeah, that was my, that was, those four students didn't know what was coming for them. I shot, I was five feet away from them. I, I do remember choosing to shoot the butter sideways so it didn't, because it'll tear through the butter container, but yeah. And the, legal, well and the legal department of Lifeway wants me just to interject this at the moment, that if you choose to do this, That's uh, true. Lifeway does recommend that it be done by a trained professional. I'm certain we do not want to be held liable for such recommendations. We are not responsible. Uh, for the contents and uh, any any use of this. Never mind. Cut the cut the circular saw. <laughs> oh, it's just too a, late, Brandon. Just I'm going to do traditional hand saw. That's I've awesome. got to do that. That's, That's great. Awesome. That's so okay, funny. so before we get off of this, you guys have both started with something and said earlier in the passage and said this. Uh, so two times in the in the passage that we're looking at here, um, someone says, "Because I am not a I or because I'm not something else. Two times Paul says, you say, I don't belong. And so I want to point out that anytime we have in the body somebody saying, I don't belong, it should alarm us. Because if they're mm. saying, I don't belong because I'm not the preacher, because I'm not a teacher, because I don't have this gift, because I don't do these things that somebody else does. I don't belong. Uh, Paul makes it very clear that we all belong. belong and that we all have that's part. Yeah. yeah, there are no inferior members. There's no inferior inferior gifts. Yeah. And by that same token, as you move into the next section, there's no gifts or there's no individuals in the body who are superior to the others. 
I mean, that's what he does in verse 19. Uh, as you get into this, uh, let me get into verse 20. No one can, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We are all important. Again, two times, Paul says, someone, someone in that it can't, a, a part of the body cannot say to another part, I don't need you. He says it twice. Yeah. And so we have to be careful in the church that if there's ever anybody who says, I don't need them, I don't need that part, I don't need you, it needs to, it needs to be an alarm in our minds and hearts that says, something's something's wrong something's not right if somebody's saying i don't need you yeah that's right and it's this third this third section uh in this session that makes the body most appealing um i don't know how you could go through this section and not think man i want to be a part of a community with and administering to other believers um we have language in the guide uh, um, uh, related to this section that you just touched on that says such fellowship includes celebrating other people's joys, crying with them in their sorrow, walking beside them in their pain. We need that interaction. We need that interaction for the sake of our own individual spiritual growth. And that's just something that when you read that, when you read the language of um, clothing with greater honor and unrespectful parts are treated with greater respect, like it's just something that you. I, I think m many people immediately want to be a part of. Can I be a part of a body that clothes others with greater honor, that treats others with greater respect? If you do it and I do it, then the body of Christ f for sure becomes something that's worth celebrating and something that we don't want to walk away from. I appreciate that. That yeah. is so good. Another statement that, that he makes in this, in this uh, study guide is healthy churches in healthy churches, members work together, value, appreciate, and depend on each other. And that awesome. uh, really is it, that, that captures the heart of the unity that's, uh, that this passage is all about. Yeah, I like this. Uh, the imagery, again, that we're all important. Uh, we, as Brandon, as you pointed out, the idea that everybody gets honored. To me, I really saw this last year when the uh, COVID-19 really first hit us, and we just shut down. But there were some people that were labeled essential workers. <laughs> and those essential workers were all of a sudden truck drivers. It was the guy that was the stock boy at Kroger's that put the toilet paper on the shelves. You know, if they had any. Yeah. yeah, good for him. That is essential. <laughs> but we never thought about those guys before. And now in this situation, we realize they've been doing this job all along, but we have not acknowledged the importance of what they do. And it's that way in the church that it's granted. It's the guys who, who lead the music. They preach the Sunday school teachers, uh, group leaders. They get the attention, but everybody in the body is important and carries a key role. Thank you for listening to uh, this podcast of Bible Studies for Life Adult. I hope it's been helpful to you. I hope that it um, triggers some things in you and causes you to think deeply about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. I hope that you'll take to heart uh, the statement that Lynn made at the beginning is you can't, you can't be a healthy growing Christian um, if you're not connected to the church and involved and, and know your part in the body. So I, I hope this has been helpful. Brandon, I appreciate some of the things you've said. I, I never thought about um, saws and uh, butter. Knives. <laughs> Glad I'll, I I'll, I'll never be the same. Uh, <laughs> so I, again, I hope, let me talk. <laughs> I hope this is helpful to those of you.
of you who have listened to this today. Uh, one of the things we're aware of is that we're coming to the end of the study on spiritual gifts. So we want to prepare you for, for some things that are coming ahead. And Lynn's going to tell you about a video that will help you to do that and tell you some ways that you can use that. And then we'll close out. Yes. Again, Brandon, you had mentioned earlier about churches that have these kind of tier one. These are the key things that we must agree on, we must hold to. And then there's other things that are, they're not as, I don't want to say it's important, but, you know, there's sometimes there's things we can agree to disagree. But let's Secondary. go back. To, yeah. yeah, let's go back to that tier one, because uh, in a couple of weeks, in, as we start the spring studies, the first study that's going to be there is a study called the essential, called Essentials of Christianity. And we're going to look at seven key things that to me fall in that tier one. These are critical to our beliefs. These are critical to the life of a Christian. Now, when we're talking about things about even looking at the, the Trinity, the, uh, the, the death, the resurrection of Christ, the second coming of Christ, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, understanding what sin is. These are essentials to our faith. So we're going to be moving that into, uh, as I said, just in a few weeks as we get into March and the springtime. But let me show you, let me encourage you to promote this with your group members. You want to get some people involved in your group. This is a way to do it. We provide a promotional video. It is a huge whopping 60 seconds long. That's it. It's just kind of in and out. It's a commercial, if you can, uh, for lack of a better term. But you can use this uh, to share with anybody and everybody. we have produced this. I think they're very well done, but you have permission to put this on your website, to put it on your Facebook page, to put it in emails. You're free to distribute this however you choose. And now you can get this if you go to uh, the Bible Studies for Life site. If you go to BibleStudiesForLife.com, you'll see a, a section called Leader Extras. And there are Leader Extras. When you go there, you'll see the mention of the promo video. And by the way, if you even have groups that are bilingual or they're Hispanic, they're, uh, Hispanic groups, we have the same video in Spanish. But I want you to grab this and share it and encourage your group members to take the video and pass it on to others as a way to encourage their involvement in a Bible study group that's going to help them know and learn who Christ is and then help them grow in Christ. All right. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for helping us to know what's coming uh, in the future in ways that we can know more about it. Brandon, again, we appreciate your leadership. Uh, we really appreciate your yes. involvement in this podcast. And uh, this has been fun. And hope that you'll plan on joining us uh, at least once a quarter as we, as we talk about some of these things. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. All right. Those of you who are listeners to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast, thank you for listening. Hope it's been helpful to you. And I hope you'll join us next week.